It's time for JT the Brick. Big Boy Radio. And we're going balls out. Are you with me on this? Do me a favor and surprise me today. Shot down the field. Wide open Adams. Has it at the 20. 10-yard line. Goodbye. Touchdown Raiders. You can't say they're rebuilding with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Devontae. Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20. 25-30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him. 25-20, 10, full game. JT the Brick. You don't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if you're rebuilding. I want to go get a ring, get the silver and black back to where it should be. I am ready to go. Wake up this town. Did I miss anything? Call and let's see what you got. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin. The Raiders' all-time team. We continue with our summer programming. Right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. I just finished a minute ago a three-hour show on Sirius XM. So I'm all worked up. The voice is good. I can see the finish line. I can see my bucket of Modellos. I'm going to NBA Summer League tonight for the debut of Victor Wembayana, who fought off Britney Spears to play in this game tonight. And it's going to be one of the most anticipated nights we've ever had at NBA Summer League. They're our proud partner, Albert Hall, and the entire team over there at NBA Summer League does a lot with us, a lot on all of our stations here at Lotus Broadcasting. So I'm excited to go tonight. It's a tough ticket, man. Hey, as a matter of fact, it's a good topic because we're going to get into the centers today on the Raiders' all-time team. I'm going to announce the starting offensive line on the Raiders' all-time team with your votes and your phone calls here by the end of the show. So I want to hear from you. Start dialing now, 702-365-9200. I have two guests that are going to come in basically to talk about Summer League. But our focus today is as we build on radio only, the Raiders' all-time team were on the offensive line. Yesterday we did right tackle, right guard, right guard, uh, excuse me, left guard, left tackle. Yesterday we left today for the center position. And I want to dive into this today. And your, your phone calls yesterday were outstanding. It's, and Bobby's out sick today. Danny's in. So we've changed up the show a little bit. But I'm going balls out today on this. We put a lot of work into this. And we'd like to get your assistance. We think we know where you're going to go at the center position with one of the centers. We don't know who you're going with with the backup. Dalby or Mosbar. I think I know where you're going, but I'm not sure. Yesterday, I wasn't sure where you were going at right guard. As I open up the show today on Twitter, at JT the Brick, I need your starting right, uh, right guard and backup because I talked to two Hall of Famers today, and everybody's off the record on this. I'm not telling you who they were, and they're not who you think they were. I've been calling Hall of Fame players gold jackets, trying to figure out who to go with at right guard. Uh, My three finalists are Wayne Hawkins, Mickey Marvin, and George Beeler. They're old school guys, so a lot of our young audience don't know who I'm talking about. But that's the job that Mark Davis has instilled me with to educate Raider Nation on the greatest players to ever play. And there's been some other really good right guards in the modern era, but they don't stand the test of the greatest Raiders to play in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what your age is. I think we're pretty good at right tackle. I think we're pretty good at left tackle. I think we're pretty good at left guard. 
And, uh, you know, the controversy today is going to be, and I put my name on this, so I, I can take the heat on this topic, is what we're going to do. I might move a tackle, a tackle to a different tackle position. What I think I'm going to do by the end of the show today, we have four tackles, two left tackles, two right tackles. I'm just going to make it four tackles, not two of each because the voting's been too close. The voting's been too close, and we got a lot of tweets, and texts are coming in. So I need a little bit of help today because I got my pencil, not my pen. We know we got Art Shell and Gene Upshaw. I think I know where we might go with the centers or not. But I'm very confused still with right guard, and I got an idea where I'm going with right tackle. And by the end of today, you know, in an hour and 50 minutes here, we'll have it all buttoned up. And then you can come out at me, and you can give me your opinion on this. But please get involved today. I was talking to guys in the black hole who love this topic, guys inside the Raider building who like this topic. So good summer radio as we're trying to put together the Raiders all-time team, which, again, it's fun for me because I know a lot of these guys and some of the guys I don't. And some of them are modern, which they've played in the last 25, 30 years, and some players go back to the 60s. So Danny's here. Bobby's not. So Danny's not new to the show. He's worked with me in the past, but he's got a lot of work to do because it's a big show for him to run. So we want to get your phone calls and tweets in at JT the Brick on Twitter and the phone number 702-365-9200. We're brought to you by PTs as they fuel the monologue. PTs, best happy hour in town, five to seven, midnight to two. A lot of fans can't get into the Thomas and Mac tonight. They can't get in to see when Banyana play. And I've been in Vegas as long as anybody on the radio and a handful of people here. And I remember when NBA Summer League, you know, they were giving away tickets by, you know, 50. They'd give me 50 tickets to give away on the radio. And we'd leave them at the front desk here at Lotus Broadcasting, and not everybody would pick them up. Now people are scalping those tickets for two, three, four hundred dollars $400 to try to get in and see an exhibition game because of Victor Wembanyana. I never thought in my life, you know, I'm the big tough sports talk guy. I stick to sports. I hate all the hamburger, cheeseburger, and Britney Spears talk. I can't believe I'm going to break the code. Britney Spears at Catch It Aria trying to lock down Victor Wembanyana for a selfie. Victor's security detail. I mean, he's not walking through a nightclub here, everybody. He's not walking through Hakkasan at 2 in the morning. He's not going to Zook nightclub. We're talking about him going to catch a very good restaurant in Aria. And Brittany wanted a photo, and she gets kind of moved to the ground, or maybe she slapped herself accidentally. They're talking about it on the Today Show this morning. My wife said in the morning, she goes, they're talking about this on the Today Show. So Victor Wenbanyana is going to play his first game tonight at NBA Summer League. Sold out. I don't know how you're getting a ticket. If you have a ticket and you're going, give me a call, because we can mix this in with our Raiders all-time team. But maybe the biggest hype in NBA Summer League history because of the number one pick overall from the San Antonio Spurs and his opportunity to play here and the fact that Britney Spears, who's much more iconic than Victor Wembayana. Some people are listening to me on Raiders Radio. Who's he talking about? He's the Parisian player from France, the number one pick overall, 7-4. And Britney Spears wanted to get close to him last night, and his security detail said, we'll have none of that. We'll have none of that when it went down. So if you got anything new on that, I look at Vital Vegas and all these other sites here that are trying to break news on this. It's entertaining, but it's going to lead to the hype tonight. So if you're going to the Summer League, 
let us know. I want to hear about this. Uh, how'd you get a ticket? How are you going here? And where do you rank this ticket? My phone is blowing up on Raiders tickets. Hey, JT, do you have a ticket for me? Excuse me? There's no tickets. I can't hook you up. I don't have a ticket for you. I got two season tickets. My buddies all want my tickets to the Giants and the Jets and the Steelers and all of that. I never thought people would be calling me for summer league tickets saying if I could hook a brother up. I got no hookups unless they tell me later on on the show. So if you're going tonight, this is a big ticket. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are talking about it, and I want to hear what you think about it. If you're going, where do you rank this in overall hype? We got a couple of hype events coming to Vegas here, everybody. I mean, you know me. I'd like to be the radio mayor of Vegas. I think I'm qualified coming up here. Think of this. We have the debut of Summer League tonight. We have the debut of The Sphere with U2 being the home residency. We have F1, which could be the biggest sporting event ever when it comes to revenue coming to Vegas. And then we have the Super Bowl. We also have Sunday night football with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sure there's a couple other things I'm forgetting. Oh, we have a NASCAR playoff race, which is always huge. So if you take a look at everything that's going down in Las Vegas, the entertainment and sports capital of the world, this is a big deal tonight. This is why leagues want to come here. This is why the Oakland A's want to carpet bag off of Mark Davis and steal his plan and come here because everything can't miss right now. Everything can't miss. And it's pretty hot today. I, I, gotta, I had to get up early today to prep for the show I just did. And I got a buddy of mine in town who's staying at my house and we were having coffee in the morning, backyard brick. And I was like, man, I've lived out here a long time. It just feels sticky, hot, more so than usual. So you got all the heat. You got all the construction, you got all the excitement. And then tonight is a Friday night in Las Vegas with all of the NBA here. You know that Floyd Mayweather is going to be sitting courtside. You know that there's going to be a ton of celebrities. Will Britney Spears sit courtside to make it even bigger after what happened with Wembanyama? How about all the Vegas shows and all the stars that are going to be in town tonight? Are they going to be sitting courtside? We're hearing about 10 to 12 to 15 A-list celebrities tonight courtside over at the thomas and mac for what should be a special night here as we kick off nba summer league all right so let's get back to what we reviewed yesterday but here's the key to the show today i think we should do a jim otto show are you with me on this and here's why we are lucky to have jim otto with us today not as a guest just have him overall in our life jim otto 85 years old Freddie Belitnikoff, you know how much Freddie means to me. He's 80. Coach Flores is with us, okay? Coach Flores is with us. I want to do a service to Jim Otto today as we now pivot to the great centers in Raiders history. When we start with Jim Otto, where to begin? Widely considered Mr. Raider. Widely considered the toughest football player to ever play. Let me bring that up again about Jim Otto. Just in the fact that he is considered one of the toughest men ever to play in the trenches in NFL history, and he is ours. He is ours. He's a Raider. He's a Raider for life. Out of Wisconsin, 85 years old, born January 5th, 1938. And when he came into this league with the Raiders in 1960, he was a foundational piece for the history of this organization that is today. 
the number double zero is iconic. It's a Hall of Fame number, and he's a Hall of Fame man. All of his accomplishments as an AFL champion in 1967, nine-time first-team All-AFL, nine-time AFL All-Star. He is the center on the all-time AFL team. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He played in 210 games and started 207 of those games. He was a fixture at center for the Raiders, never missing a single game due to injury, and he played 210 consecutive games. Again, he won the AFL-AFC championship in 1967 against the Oilers, and he lost five. He lost five championship games, 68, 69, 70, 73, and 74 to the Jets, Kansas City, Colts, Dolphins, and Steelers. When you take a look at a man who did not win a Super Bowl but built the foundation to the greatness of the Raiders, Jim Otto is the center on the NFL's 100th anniversary team all time. If you look at the career and who he played against, how about who he played with alongside Gene Upshaw, one of the all-time greats, the Hall of Famer at left guard. Art Shell, who we talked about at length yesterday, and all of the games that he played through injury. Throughout my career, I've had a chance to meet Jim Otto and call him a friend. I anchored and had an opportunity to emcee the Commitment to Excellence Awards for 16, 17, 18 years. I can't remember, up in Oakland. And Jim Otto would come to a lot of those events with his wife, Sally, and he would come in there, and I saw him come in, and then I saw him come in with a wheelchair decades later. Whenever there's an event with the Silver and Black, Jim Otto was there. Carol Davis and Mark Davis bring Jim Otto and his wife and family to home Raider games today. Jim Otto is one of the most important people ever associated with the Oakland slash L.A. Las Vegas Raiders. And I believe we should do him a service today and talk about him on the flagship of the Raiders as he's with us at 85 years old. My dad's 85 years old, and I get a chance to talk to my dad every day. I don't talk to Jim as much every day, but today we're talking about the greatest centers in Raider history, and I just thought it was a good day if you get what I'm talking about, to talk about him at the center position. A couple of the other centers we want to talk about, the great Dave Dalby, played for the Silver and Black from 1972 to 1985 as the anchor to the Super Bowl championship teams. What a player, what a legend. Most Raider fans and the Raider fans in the know should be calling in on Dave Dalby today. More and more people say, well, who's the next Raider to get into the Hall of Fame? And you hear a lot of, oh, it's Jim Plunkett. It's Lester Hayes. Well, when you think of Dave Dalby, why are we not talking about him at length? Also one of the great centers to ever play. And he played for the Silver and Black, Don Mosbar. 1983 to 1994. A pivotal piece to the success of the Silver and Black well over a decade. When you look back at the history of the center position, The Oakland L.A. Raiders were happy to go from and have the icons of Jim Otto, Dave Dalby, and Don Mosbar. What a bleeping run. So today we got to take two. I need a starter and I need the reserve. 
but I'd like to talk about a few more of them if we can get you on the phones at 702-365-9200. Other names in consideration, Barrett Robbins. Barrett Robbins, pound for pound, was a hell of a player when he helped lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl. We all remember. We all remember what unfortunately happened at the Super Bowl where Barrett Robbins was a no-show. That is part of his legacy as a center and a player for the Silver and Black. Mental health awareness, what happened in Barrett's personal life, is nothing more of a tragedy than the biggest tragedy that I've ever seen other than when it comes to life and death of Barrett Robbins, what happened at Super Bowl thirty-seven? Uh, Barrett was a back-to-back pro bowler at the time. He was the best center in football, and I think he would have went down, and I'm going to mention him today, and I really appreciate a Barrett Robbins phone call from someone out there that can lift his spirits up today and lift him up as I'm talking about other Raider offensive greats. Barrett Robbins deserves to be on that list. He was one hell of a Raider, but in what was his biggest moment in his life as a football player, demons took over him. We know the story of him going AWOL, missing the Super Bowl, and I think it had a deep effect on that Super Bowl as I broke the news nationally to Al Michaels on the broadcast because Bruce Allen came to me on the pregame show with George Atkinson, David Holm, and Artie Gigantino and said, JT... You break the news to the Raiders that Barrett Robbins is not activated today. I looked at him. I said, okay, I had an idea. I knew he was missing. Knew he was missing at the time. We broke it on the pregame show. And as we went to commercial, Al Michaels, who was on the broadcast, didn't send his producer in or an intern. He came into our booth and asked me personally, we just heard you say that on the radio. Is it true? And I said, yes, Barrett Robbins is not active. He will not play in the Super Bowl. Rich Gannon threw five interceptions in that game. I think a lot of it had to do. And if you look at Adam True and the rest of that offensive line, they did the best that they could. The great Lincoln Kennedy, Mo Collins, the players who were up there. And let's mention Mo Collins. Let's mention Mo as we're trying to build the Raiders' all-time team. You know, Rich wasn't the same that game because he didn't have a pro bowler right in front of him who was going up against Warren Sapp. There was never a battle that I wanted to see more personally and up close than Barrett Robbins and Warren Sapp in the Super Bowl, and we didn't get a chance to see that. But once a Raider, always a Raider. You forgive. You don't forget. You forgive Barrett Robbins for what happened that day. The demons overcame him, and we wish him nothing but the best. And then finally, I want to get Rodney Hudson in here uh, in the monologue. Rodney Hudson was a great Raider. He was a great Raider center. He was a dominant Raider center and one of the new modern-day players that we are talking about now that if you'd like to talk about Rodney, do it today. But I think here over the next, what do we got, about uh, another hour and a half, I'd like to spend the hour and a half talking about your starting center, and I need your backup center on the Raiders' all-time team. All-time team. And then by the end of the show, I'm going to select the entire offensive line. Starting tackles, starting guards, starting center. We'll wrap it up. We'll review it on Monday, and then we'll go to the defensive line. Holy crap. I'm going to need all weekend to to go over the defensive line. 
So I'm on the phone with Raider Mort today. I'm on the phone with two Hall of Famers. I'm like, tell me the difference between this guy and this guy. And it's like, it's close. I don't know. I didn't see him play, but he went to five All-Star games. We are right down to the wire with the Raiders all-time team. Uh, brought to you by Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. I'll have a bucket of Modelo's on ice before I head out to NBA Summer League. Raider man, appreciate you understanding this. Representing the Black Hole, the new podcast coming up. Uh, give me your starting centers and tell us something about Jim Otto. Oh, man, you know, I, I can, hey, what's up, JP? And shout out to everybody out there, man. I'm going to give you a story that you're only going to hear here. And this is all just down-home truth. Jim Otto is who I consider the original Raider man. I mean, like, literally. That that man, you, you named all the accolades from all those championship games that he was in. And it had the unfortunate situation of losing. He was right there. You know, from the beginning, man, I mean, that dude been ten toes deep with these young kids like to call it. But, I mean, the, the bigger thing of that is – when we as a function, you know, with, with the black hole, the young Raider Nation, that was, as it was forming, not what it's grown into now, but the origins of the, of the Raider Nation, you know, with Raider Rob and Black Hole Steph and Stone, and, and just the way that it was. When Tim Del Rosario, and not many people know that name, Tim Del Rosario mm-hmm. brought me into this function. And we used to have benefit mixers up at 98 Golf Links at Ch- uh, uh, Raymond Chester's spot up there at the, at the golf course. And Double O came in with Marv Hubbard one night. We were promoing the uh, Raider fan magazines. And Jim, look, he, 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 he opened the cover, looked through the magazine, flipped it over the back, and threw it in the middle of the table and said, this is nothing. And the reason why I point that out is because that was the beginning of what everybody knows now is what this Raider Nation is. That was the, the fire that lit the fuse that set that bomb off to make us step up our game. There was nothing. It was just, you know, a bunch of idle pictures and we just, you know, novelty stuff. But the Raiders have always been so much deeper than that. And we had to really dig down, I mean, dig down and, and get into the trenches of what this organization is really all about and start exposing the history and start exposing these players and start interacting and getting this fellowship thing going. And that's what we have today. And I really believe that, honestly, that truly, honestly, started from Jim Otto without anybody ever knowing that. But he lit that fuse for us, and he made us know that we, we needed to be bigger than just a bunch of people taking pictures and, and smiling and having a good time. Raider fandom is about fellowship. Raider Nation is really a family. And I'm hoping that we get back to that. I don't want to drag the show down, but I really wanted to touch on that because Jim Otto means a hell of a lot, and we should be celebrating that, brother, especially since he's still with us today. So with all the other centers on the list, salute to all of them, especially B-Rob. And I don't need to forgive Bear Robbins. I love Bear Robbins. I'm sorry he had to grow through what he went through, but I'm still growing through it with him. I still believe in you. And you still hold your head high, brother. Whatever you're dealing with right now, just know Raider Man still loves you. I appreciate this time to just jump on the platform for a second, but I had to touch on Double O because for me and my book, he'll always be the original Raider Man, no matter what. See what I'm looking at you, JT. Thank you. And it's, it's great that we still have the ability to talk live on the radio about Jim Otto. A lot of football players who are 85 years old, I'd say the majority of them who played at the level of Jim Otto, the physicality, are no longer with us today. Fact, not fiction. And the fact that he, you know, has had amputations, he's been ill, he fought off death, he fought like a warrior, and he continues to fight makes him really... I mean, you could say the face of the franchise, right? There's a lot of guys in the history of this franchise, and, you know, they're around, and they're around a lot. But I I don't know. When you look at Jim Otto, you got to have – he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest Raiders of all time, no debate. 
and he's with us today. So I celebrate that fact whenever I see him. There's going to be a Raiders alumni weekend coming up this week. I'm sure he's going to be there if he can attend uh, with his wife, Sally, and the family. Usually his family comes with him, and it's a good day to kind of celebrate the impact that he has. We'll continue on, 702-365-9200, wrapping up the entire offensive line in the second hour of the show. He's the president of the Black Hole in Las Vegas. Cisco joins us from the Black Hole. What do you got, Cisco? Have a good weekend. What's happening? What's going on, JT? Happy Friday to you, my man. Absolutely. You too. Have a Modelo on me if I don't see you. Oh, oh, you know it. You know it. As soon as I get out of the office. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. I know we probably got uh, a lot of callers calling in, so I'll just give you my top three really quick. Uh, the man we're talking about, hands down, no no, no question, Mr. Mr. Jim Otto, double O, number one. Number two, the man you were speaking on, uh, USC, California kid, Dave Dalby is my number two. Uh, number three, I'm, I'm right there on the cusp. I, I got I to gotta flip a coin on it. But our guy, you know, he's in our hearts. Uh, he's in our prayers, and I hope he's doing well, Mr. Barrett Robbins mm-hmm. and, uh, and Mosbar. Mosbar, those are my guys. So, um, like I said, toss-up for number three. But I do want to share a little uh, Jim Otto story with you that, uh, and why he's on my top list of, of all-time Raiders. So, as you know, our other friend who's not doing so well, Mr. Mr. John Vela, number mm-hmm. 75, is is uh, used to have his uh, Super Bowl parties at Scott's and Jack London in Oakland, and I used to attend, and and Otto was there, and uh, met him for the first time, and I was with my uh, my cousin's husband, and you know we were talking for a bit, and you know great great gentleman, and then years 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 later, uh, I believe it was the playoff game against Denver in L.A., and went. And we were hanging out at the hotel where the players stay, and um, there was Otto. And I, man, and he was talking to Jim Plunkett's, uh, I believe, nephews or grandkids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to disturb the conversation. And I walked over, and the kids said, uh, "Is it true that you have a McDonald's?" And he went down. He was walking then. Bent down on his knees, put his hands on his knees, and looked down and looked at him and said, "Hey, those are fighting words. I own a Burger King," which <laughs> I thought was great, great story. So after they left, I walked up to him and I said, uh, "Mr. Otto, pleasure, pleasure to meet you again, sir." And he goes, uh, "Hey, how are you?" And I said, "Good, man." I go, "Just a little nervous about tomorrow's game. Hope we win." He goes, "Hey, hey, where's your buddy?" And I go, "My buddy." I, I was taken back. I was like, "My buddy." He goes, yeah, yeah, from from um, over in Oakland at uh, Vela's party. And I was like, whoa, you remember yeah. that? I was like taken back, JT. I was like, wow. He remembered me. I was I was just taken sure. back, man. I, I can't put, put that any other way than just I was shocked and taken back that he remembered me. That's what impressive. Did, he had a, he had an know. impact on him in that first I, meeting, and he remembered yeah. it. And and my favorite part of that story, as you said, it is the Burger Kings because he loved yeah. his Burger Kings <laughs> and, and right. his investments and the investments he made and, and hunting. He we talked hunting because I married into a hunting family. My my father in law is a massive hunter in the Midwest, and he'd ask me stories about his property. Yeah, Jim Otto, one of the sharpest guys yeah. we know, Cisco, and he celebrates the Raider Nation and the Black Hole all the time. It's fantastic. 
Yeah, and I even to this point, man, I even uh, when I adopted my dog when I moved here from uh, back, you know, back home in the mm-hmm. Bay and moved to Vegas, uh, first thing I said, I got to get me a dog. And when I did, I renamed him. I named him Double O. I named him Otto, and uh, his initials are Double O, so it fit perfectly. Perfect, man. I got to run. Good to hear from All you. Right, a perfect segue because that monologue went a little bit long. Brought to you by the Black Hole. Go to theblackhole.com. Click on membership. Uh, they got a bunch of deals right now before training camp, before the start of the season. You need to become a member of the Black Hole because you're invited by Cisco and myself to join our fraternity and sorority and get you in there at the start of this season here. So when we jump back, we'll get a couple of more calls in. Uh, I got a couple of guests, Chris Matthews, the dean of the newsmen here in town on Wembayana tonight and what's going on at NBA Summer League. Brandon Cristal, our insider from Denver. Raiders, Denver. You want to talk about games that matter? How about the first and last game of the year this year is against the Broncos? We'll talk to BK coming up. And we'll wrap up the greatest offensive line in Raider history, the starters and the reserves coming up. Commitment to excellence, pride and poise, the greatness of our football team were not only exemplified by Jim Otto, but for more than a decade, he was the standard of excellence by which centers were judged in professional football. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip. Thank you, Steph McKenzie, and thanks for hearing Mr. Al Davis talk about Jim Otto in his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. JT, back with you, our little summer project, the Raiders' all-time team. We'll look for a starter and a backup at every position. We don't have a lot of hard rules here if we want to move a guard from right to left because we got to get that guard into the all-time team. I'm okay with that. We can use some modern-day players. If you want to include Devontae Adams when we get to the wide receivers or Colton Miller, if you want to do Josh Jacobs when we get to running backs, you can do whatever you want. But the final decision will be mine. I'll put my name on this, and most of those decisions are coming from my conversations with callers on the air on Twitter at JT the Brick, my conversations with Hall of Famers and knowing a lot of these guys. And it's not going to be easy, and this is not official. I repeat, this is not official on any level. It's just some summer programming. Oscar tweets in, JT, late to weigh in on this. Here's my offensive line. Shell, Upshaw, Marvin, Kennedy, Otto. Okay, that's pretty strong as a lot of tweets are coming in on this earlier. Mike Butts says, JT, as I said earlier in the week for center, Jim Otto is your starter and Dave Dalby is your backup. Uh, Getting a lot of that via Twitter here as we take a look at some of these. Eric Johnson tweets in, Otto the starter, Rodney Hudson the backup. Another one coming in from Chris Gavin. JT, I definitely got to, I love the fact that you mentioned Barrett Robbins. He's outside looking in. Don't forget Mosbar. And as I mentioned there in the monologue, there's just a lot of good centers that played on this team and there wasn't a lot of turnover. Not a lot of turnover at that position there. Get your phone calls in now. Uh, We'll wrap this up in a little over an hour. I got some summer league conversation and then we move to the defensive line. We do offensive line, defensive line, and then we're going to figure out what we do in the coming weeks as we count down to training camp. Always good to hear from Raider 66. He joins us on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Go ahead. Hey, JT, good afternoon. I, I tell you, I love this kind of stuff, talking about the greatness of the Raiders and the Raider history, and you documented it very well. 
uh, that the Raiders center position has been like a pantheon of great players through the years. And listen to this. In 1971, look at their offensive line. They had Shell at tackle, Upshaw at guard, Otto at center, George Beeler at right guard, and Bob Brown at right tackle. Beeler is the only one of those four that is not in the Hall of Fame. And you had as a swing tackle on the bench, Ron Mix, who's also in the Hall of Fame. I think that Otto was part of a group that probably will never be duplicated. Having five Hall of Fame offensive linemen on the same team the same year is absolutely unbelievable. But what you documented earlier about the, about the, the first three uh, Raider centers, that is what made the Raiders great. Because as you said, Otto played till 74, and they drafted Dalby in 72. He had two years to teach him the Raider way and how to do it. Then Dalby retired in 85. In 83, they drafted Mosbar two years again to teach the Raider way. It is that continuity and that consistency that made the Raiders what they were back in the 70s. And I got a quick Raider story, uh, quick Jim, Bre- uh, Jim Otto story for you. Uh, it was uh, late 80s, so Otto's in his 50s. And I'm at, a, uh, at the Moscone Center in San Francisco at an a, a autograph session. A lot of Raiders were going to be there. You know the, tra- the parking in downtown San Francisco is very hard to get. So I see this 4x4, four four, jacked up 4x4 four four going around the block over and over and over looking for a parking spot. Well, one opens up right across from the front entrance to the Moscone Center. The 4x4 four four drives in and is getting ready to back into the parking spot. But in swoops a shiny black sports sedan taking his spot from him. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have a fight here. Two guys get out that would probably be best described as WWE uh, extras, jacked up guys. And they're strutting towards the car, and the one guy says, whoever's in that car better move that effing car or I'm going to kick his butt. Well, the window rolls down, and a voice comes out of the car and says, this I got to see because I haven't had my butt kicked since I was in high school. (laughs) The guy looks at him and says, you're Jamato. And he goes, damn right I am. He goes, oh, Mr. Otter, you can have the parking spot. It's all yours. And he goes, I plan to. And the guys got in their car, and they kept driving around the block looking for a parking place. That is the reverence that Raider Nation has for Mr. Otto and the old-time Raiders. It is something that can't be duplicated, can't be replicated, and that is what the made, made the Raiders great. And, JT, thank you so much for the time. Go Raiders. Got a great phone call. Appreciate it. That's why Raider 66, Raider man, Cisco, everybody checking in. Uh, Raider Mort doesn't call much anymore, but I talked to him. And we want to tell stories about these greatest players. Here's what I'm struggling with, everybody. I'm really struggling with right guard. I'm really struggling with right guard, and so are the Hall of Famers and, my, and the insiders, between Mickey Marvin uh, to go through the list of George Beeler and Wayne Hawkins at right guard. Not recognizable to a lot of people here, but all great players. Mickey Marvin with the two Super Bowls, George Beeler, uh, Super Bowl eleven. And the impact that Wayne Hawkins had, maybe the most decorated guard in Raider history, uh, one of them right there behind Upshaw. i got to make a decision on two out of three of those coming up here. Whoever the third is is going to be a grateful, honorable mention. Honorable mention is my way of saying, hey, it was too close to call. I'm going to get an honorable mention in here. Uh, Mikey in Staten, Italy, checking in on a Friday. Mikey, what's happening? Thanks for calling in. Hey, JT. Well, the center position is the easiest one you have. You know, Otto is clearly one and, and his replacement, Darby. But one interesting fact on Otto, and I'm a big, big Otto fan, uh, is that did you know that he had 76 surgeries 
and he almost died on the operating table in one of them and came back. The guy was as strong as he. I don't care about eras. Uh, you could put him in now. You could put him in when they first develop it, and he'd still be a top center. He'd be the guy calling the defenses. He, it was just amazing, JT. And JT, my early pick for right guard is Steve Winowski. Would he be considered the right guard, or he played left? He played left. Uh, Wiz did move around, but predominantly a left guard there. But that's important because Wiz is someone I'm keeping a really close eye on, too. Mikey, got to run, heading out to Summer League. Thanks for jumping in. Greatly appreciate it as we continue on. 702-365-9200. When we come back, I got a guest. Brandon Cristal is going to join me. We'll talk to him live from Denver because Denver won the NBA title. And Summer League is tonight. And Victor Wenbanyana is going to make his debut. We're going to talk about that. And also the rivalry of the offseason between the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Why are the Broncos considered better than the Raiders when the Raiders have won six out of seven? We are brought to you by the M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Silver and Black. He was one of the toughest players that ever played in football. I mean, you talk about blood and guts. That guy would be banged up. He would be bleeding in a huddle, blood dripping down through his face mask. Jim Otto was your ultimate all-pro. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. That's Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. JT, back with you. That's the legend, Pete Banaszak, one of the great running backs in the history of the Silver and Black. We'll get to him when we get to the running backs, talking about his teammate, Pops, Jim Otto. Let's go out to KOA in Denver. Brandon Cristal, kind enough to join us. Broncos insider. And I have to say NBA insider because Denver's <laughs> got a championship. Is everybody still getting liquored up and partying in the Lodo after that Jokic championship? Yeah, you. It, it reminds me a lot of when the Broncos won Super Bowl 50. And I swear, because I've told you this before, Every day for at least until football season starts and probably well into that, I saw either someone in a championship shirt or championship hat following that Super Bowl 50 win, and it's been the exact same thing here with the Nuggets. You know, a franchise that's been here for 50 years, more than that, you know, going back to the Rockets of the ABA, and and then to see them win their first, play in their first finals, win their first finals, have a, a really obviously exciting team, a young young core and 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 stars is part of that core. Starting with Joker, they think that you know that there's more to come. Uh, but I think people will be fired up about summer league. You know, they play their first game here in about an hour, and only a couple spots are up for grabs. But they grab the Strother kid from Gonzaga. He's on the mm-hmm. roster. He's a heck of a shooter. And then Peyton Watson, who was a rookie out of UCLA, didn't play much at UCLA. Didn't play much last year. They think he could take big minutes with Bruce Brown leaving and Jeff Green leaving. So, no, everybody here is on cloud nine, and now the question is, you know, not only will the the Nugs be back, will the Avs be back in the mix a year after winning it all, but will the Broncos do their part? Uh, the Rocky season, while not officially over, it may mm-hmm. as well be. But, no, with Broncos camp three weeks away, maybe less, I guess if I do the math on it, three weeks from today, actually, uh, they're just wanting to see a, a return to the playoffs after seven years of no playoffs. Yeah, and that's a long run. And, again, the Raiders have had a little bit of advantage in the last six out of seven. But, you know, a lot of the national media have Denver over the Raiders. And I have to fight back here in Raider country saying, hold on, look at what's happened here. And everybody pivots to McVay and Russell Wilson. 
as we wait for Jimmy Garoppolo to get cleared and show up at training camp, which we hope is going to happen. And he's won four playoff games in his career. Tell me about Russell Wilson. You're embedded with the team, this 10-pound loss in weight, his focus. Uh, Sean saying, no, you're going to focus with the organization, not with your trainers here. How's it coming along? How much Russell Wilson are you guys seeing out in Denver? Well, I I saw him, honestly, excuse me, JT, more at, at Nuggets games in the in the playoff and championship run when I was able to talk to him there. We talked to him once the entire spring. And mind you, Sean Payton got hired right before the Super Bowl, right, give or take, you know, mid to late January. And so we talked to Sean. Russell's around. Nobody talked to him. And we talked to him on the record for the very first time during the first week of OTA. So call that mid-May, May 15th, give or take, right? I'm just approximating right around Mother's Day, um, just after that, now that I think about it. And that was the first time that we, we talked to him. Maybe it was even a week after that. And that was it. And other than one sponsored workout video post, we haven't seen video of he and his teammates saw that he was at Cortland Sutton's wedding in Cabo last weekend, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. And now I think he and Ciara might be in Japan <laughs> uh, based on her social media posts. But, no, it is a lot quieter uh, in, in the world of RW3. Uh, you know, that's his brand, and they've got Nike T-shirts all over town and still sell them in sporting goods stores. My kids have a couple of them because they make kid sizes uh, for little ones. But, no, it is a muted, it's a muted affair all the way across. Sean Payton is about the only voice we hear, and Sean's out and about some. But otherwise, everyone kind of falls in line. We've got a couple football camps this weekend. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson are having one. Pat Sertan and Javante Williams are having one. So it'll be interesting kind of to talk to guys on the record but away from the building and see what we can get, if we can get anything. But it, it is, you know, Sean Payton, he may not come across the way Bill Belichick does, but he's still cut from the Bill Parcells cloth, mm-hmm. and that's how he approaches things. And you know how every training camp can be different with different coaches. You certainly have seen Josh McDaniels be different than other coaches. I remember experiencing that coming from that same tree, training camp is going to be very different here in Denver than it's ever been. And it's going to, and maybe closer to what it was with Josh, I guess, but it'll be fascinating to kind of see how everyone acclimates. Uh, Brandon Christel joins us without Chubb and Von Miller, who's long gone. You know, the Raiders have Max Crosby. They drafted Tyree Wilson, number seven overall. They're expecting more from Chandler Jones this year. He came on strong near the end of the year. What is Denver doing with the pass rush? Because we know how good the secondary is. We know Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And they picked up McGlinchey on the offensive line. I think they've made improvements here. But where is the rush coming here, the pass rush coming from the Denver Broncos? I'd love to tell you it's one from Randy Gregory, but in order for that to happen, he has to be on the field. And even his off-field issues that kept him out of a number of games and parts of seasons when he was in Dallas he also has been injury-prone. He gets to Denver, guess what? He's hurt. <laughs> so we didn't see he and Chubb together very much. And he's a guy that is a passionate football player and loves to play, but just has a hard time staying healthy. So you have Gregory, then you have these young guys that they really like, Baron Browning. He's having some off-season surgery. So, and, and Jonathan Cooper, who also an Ohio State product like Browning, is is a guy that they expect can – and make some plays, and they went and got Frank Clark, who really shows up in the playoffs. You talk to uh, folks mm-hmm. with the Chiefs, and you know, you and I obviously know a lot of them. They're like, well, there's some games where you're not even sure he's suited up. But come playoff time, Frank Clark's ready to play. Uh, so they're going to try to manufacture a pass rush that way, hope that they get a little bit out of Clark. They signed that one-year deal and, and hope that Browning's healthy because he is an elite talent. And then they also drafted a kid first with their first pick. It was a second-rounder last year. Out of out of OU that that they like off the edge as well, uh, but he can't get on the field because he can't 
play the run at all. So, you know, there's hope that, that they can mix and match and, and allow the secondary just enough, you know, get to them just enough and lock them down and, and get to the quarterback some, but certainly not to the level of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You can't get rid of those guys and think you're going to be operating at the same level. Brandon Cristal, as we wrap it up, KOA and Nick Denver. Benito, that's his name, Nick Benito. There you go. We talked about yeah, Nick Benito out of OU. <laughs> out of OU. Hey, lastly, I don't like the fact that they play the first and last game of the year. I don't mind the first game of the year. That's the luck of the jaw. Raiders sometimes get to Chargers, whatever it is. You want to avoid sure. Kansas City, or maybe you won Kansas City week one when they're not clicking, but for the Raiders to open up at Denver before they open up the home opener for the Broncos, then the home opener for the bleeping Buffalo Bills. That's the <laughs> toughest game on the schedule. And then we don't see you in Denver coming out here until the last game of the year. Most people don't have the Raiders and Broncos projected as a playoff team, and I'd like to fight that uh, conversation during the year with you. I think both teams can get on the outside looking in, but what do you think of 1-18 and for the schedule here. I don't like that at all. Nothing jumps out at me with the Broncos Raiders schedule. No. And the, the one thing about the Broncos schedule is the buys in the middle of the year. There's not too many tough stretches. We're like, Oh, look at that. Where, you know, it's a murderer's row. They do have some, I guess in the middle after the buy, it's a little dicier, uh, but they go to Buffalo in November. Uh, I, I don't like playing the Raiders week one and week 18, same or any opponent, right? But I would love to see if you're going to do the opener. I remember, look, the last game the Broncos played at the Black Hole, you know, I mm-hmm. saw you there, obviously. That was a, a second Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was mm-hmm. an opener. Uh, but then you want to see him again in week four or week six, right? I, I think it's good, with, especially with the division opponents. It's, I kind of hate it where it's two weeks apart, right? Like a team will play weeks 15 and 17 or right. 16 mm-hmm. and 18. I don't love that. But I think within a month, of when you see each opponent or six weeks max is how yeah I think that's a little wonky it's it's something that hadn't been talked about because everyone's looking up at the Chiefs and it's like okay when are you playing the Chiefs where are you playing the Chiefs when are you going to get stuck at an Arrowhead in December in, in a disgusting game and Patrick's going to do what he does anyway and so I think that's what you look at but yeah I hadn't spent much time thinking about it and you know what I looked at was is Vegas New Year's Eve <laughs> because yeah. I was like okay <laughs> But it's obviously not. I don't, I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff going on, you know, a week later uh, right. to get ready for our Super Bowl preview. But, yeah, that is a little wonky for sure. Hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy Summer League and enjoy basking in that Nuggets championship, man. You do a great job. Talk to you soon, buddy. Hey, thanks. Say hi to Wembenyama for me. Just don't get too close. You got it. I'll be there tonight. I'm going to NBA Summer League to see Victor Wembayana. Out Last hour of the week coming up next, and I got a lot of work to do. We're going to get to your phone calls. Chris Matthews. The dean of the newsmen in town is going to join us from 8 News Now. We'll talk to him coming up here, and then I'm going to give you what I believe is the Raiders' all-time offensive line. We'll start at left tackle. We'll go all the way to right tackle. Maybe an honorable mention in, but a starter and reserve. And a good first week of this. From Danny working the board today, Bobby, all of our imaging, and all the fans and listeners getting behind us. Uh, give me your picks at JT the Brick on Twitter. We only got an hour to go on the flagship of the Raiders.